Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome back, mamas. Today's podcast is really important. If we're going to continue to redefine what it means to be a mama and a woman, this conversation you're about to hear has to be had. Let me ask you, what's happened to your sex life since you became a mama? How do you feel about your body? How do you feel about yourself as a sensual, passionate woman? So many times we are told that to be a mama means that we give up those parts of ourselves. Some of us just feel like we couldn't possibly be touched again at the end of the day when we've had so many children hanging off of us. And some of us feel like we can't embody that sensual, passionate woman anymore now that we are someone's mum. There are so many stories and beliefs around this. But if we're really going to be a whole woman again, if we're going to step in to ourselves and embody what it means to truly transform ourselves through motherhood, then this is a conversation that has to be had. It's a part of us that needs to be looked at and honoured again. This interview is with a phenomenal, brave and beautiful woman by the name of Susanna Frioni. Her podcast, Love, Sex, Desire, is for any woman who wants to understand herself in this way better. And just a few months ago, she released a special series of her podcast looking at motherhood, sex and desire. It is really important listening. But first, listen to this interview with Susanna and see what it awakens in you. Enjoy. This is the Happy Mama Movement, a weekly podcast dedicated to changing the conversation about what it means to be a mother and a woman in this day and age. I'm Amy Taylor Cabaz, author, mama, and former journalist. After spending 15 years chasing news and burning myself out trying to be superwoman, I realized that I was chasing a dream that no longer served me. And since then, have dedicated myself to understanding the transition that we go through as women when our whole identity shifts with motherhood. Every week, I will bring you the very best insights and inspiration I can find to help us all change the way we feel about this time in our lives 
and create a movement that allows us to honour motherhood differently. Susanna, thank you so much for joining me and all of the mama listeners. This is going to be such an important conversation. I am so grateful you are putting it out there. Yay, I'm so excited. Thanks for having me. Susanna, over the last few years, you've been, I think, educating and inspiring so many women around the world to view themselves differently and to love and appreciate their body and their sensuality and their sex and their connection. And I've just loved watching and learning so much from you. So I thought, let's start with your personal journey with this. You're a mama of a 13-year-old daughter. And so what has your experience been as a mother and as someone who is deeply committed to celebrating this part of ourselves? Mm, Well, it didn't come naturally and it definitely didn't come easily, that's for sure. I think like many mamas, I went through my own big identity crisis and, you know, that was really the catalyst for me in that whole journey. And that happened when um, I was a young mum. I had my daughter when I was 21. Wow. So, yeah, I was super young. It was a planned pregnancy. Um, it was all on the cards that, you know, it was after I graduated uni and my career would go on hold. So we would do the family thing. And that was also, that choice was driven a lot by, I was already a stepmom. So we had a, a son, um, as well in our family that he was already six years older. So that gap was getting big and we were like, let's do this. And I thought it would be easy because being a stepmom, I actually found quite easy. I missed out on those first sort of two years, which, I learned with my daughter other game changing years. <laughs> and um, I think it was about, you know, by the time my daughter was, was four was when, you know, everything sort of came crashing down for me. And it's interesting because when I look back then on my own personal journey, I couldn't quite articulate what exactly was, was happening. All I knew was like something was missing and something was wrong the highs and lows of my own moods were just a little bit too too erratic and um but because my personality I'm I'm one to be I'm quite a bubbly person at that stage I was in the fitness industry I was paid to put on a smile and motivate people so it was quite challenging to actually be in touch with you know what was really going on here and I felt like to some degree I was coping but and I hear this with women and it's interesting with um, my upcoming series, the same thing is happening with women. It's just this sense that something is missing and I'm not happy. Mm-hmm. And um, for me, it wasn't until I actually went to a meditation retreat for 10 days of silence for Pushner's the meditation. And it was coming back from that, that I was able to really get in touch with that quiet voice. And as much as I made decisions in that place of I'm in this marriage and, um, you know, I've chosen this and this is my family and I'm just going to keep going. I might rearrange a few things in terms of like just take time out for me um, and, and reprioritize things. The truth was when I actually stepped back into that life, I, it was, the way I put it is my intuition was finally so loud there was no ignoring it 
and I just knew it was it was time for things to end and part of that definitely had a lot to do with my sexuality because soon after I was then in a relationship with a woman which was something I personally never thought I I would you know that was a path for me Mm. Um, but it was and it was again in hindsight looking back there was a moment um, you know in my marriage when we had considered opening the marriage there was was questioning does this desire and like how is it that I can have this attraction for other people yet I'm so you know in love with my husband and I really want this you know family dynamic it was just confusing as fuck (laughs) um you know you're in conflict with your own morals and yet your desires and your wants and my attempt of trying to keep it pretty in the box actually felt like death to me and despite having, you know, some really open and hard conversations, my then husband just couldn't. And I didn't even know what that was going to look like. I was just looking for something more. And I really remember that day when, you know, that was his decision. And for me, I chose the marriage over this other thing bubbling inside me. But it was also the day I died. In hindsight, I just go, that's where I died. I tried for another two years. And it literally almost killed me. Wow. And so um, there was this liberation that happened post the meditation for me. Um, of, again, it was just my intuition was so loud. I could feel my body in a way that I had never felt it. So there's this sense of what your truth is, despite maybe all of the conditioning you have or despite maybe how loud that inner critic voice is that tells you what you should and shouldn't be doing. Um, and with that came a bit of a courage to just trust and act. And that led to me having this, um, you know, love affair with a woman on and off for about three years. Um, it definitely wasn't the healthiest relationship, but there was this hunger in me of exploring my sexuality that I just couldn't deny. And it fed me in a way that uh, really fueled me to also then pursue what is now my my business <laughs> career which is I'd always kind of wanted to go up and do my own thing never really knowing what that was uh, but eventually you know it led me to I started with yoga teacher training first and then you know my sort of movement career is eventually now what I call sacred dance and in that is the personal coaching and I just love to focus a lot on you know love sex desire so it was definitely a journey in terms of where I am now. In fact, just recently, um, I'm obviously in a relationship with a man and I, it was interesting. I just had this feeling of being incredibly sexually free, just wholly, completely. I'm so intimately connected with my desire. I'm, I'm willing to explore it I'm willing to whether I have to act on or not you know that doesn't matter but my relationship with my desire is no longer overwhelming or terrifying or haunting me in the way that it once did so that led me to right here in this moment wow oh so many questions out of everything you've just said let's start with morals because that was a big Ding, ding in my mind when you said that, because with the work that I do with mamas, there's this real 
heaviness that we have around what we think we should be like, especially once we become mothers. It's this terrible stereotype that we have been handed down, that we can't possibly be that passionate sexual person anymore. And these deep morals that we carry within us about what it should look like, as you said, kind of crashes into what we're actually feeling and desiring. So share with me what your thoughts are on this. You must have so many thoughts on how and why we carry these things and what we can do about them. Yeah, I think sort of like any thought or belief system we have, it is worth doing the inquiry. Just a check-in because, you know, with our morals, if it is I mean, morals is an interesting word in and of itself. Um, you know, it's like this, somebody's there dictating what is right and what is wrong. But life isn't so simple like that. There's a lot of gray areas. And what's interesting though is a lot of people just take them on because this is the way it should be, right? And I think as women and particularly as mums, Part of that initiation process of becoming a mum is that you have to question these things. And if it's no longer fitting for you, then it's time for you to redefine what that is for me. I actually prefer now the word integrity. Mm. What is integrity for me? And integrity, again, this is beyond a right and wrong. This is about a wholeness and coming back into your own wholeness and being able to communicate that at all times it's about being really conscious of the agreements that you're setting up with people and I guess in this particular dynamic with your partners or husbands whatever that family structure is and holding your integrity in terms of what you're saying you're going to be doing or not doing and having that be really really clear because that's where I see a lot of women struggle in terms of when we're speaking of morals in particular (laughs) how it shows up usually in a family unit and then of course it's broader in the community or how it is for outside people but really at the end of the day what does that have to matter with how you show up as a parent it doesn't it really really doesn't and for us as women I think part of that process is simply again just it's not necessarily dulling out that voice But I think getting curious about it and starting to shift your relationship with the one who keeps telling you what you can and can't do, there's a lot of freedom and power when you break free from that voice, which I just simply call the inner critic. And the inner critic is, of course, all, you know, it is um, the conditioning that we have, society, outside authority, just internalized in your own head. Yeah, so again, it's simply an invitation to do some inquiry around it and you get to be the author of your own life. You get to choose what feels really good for you and why it matters is, well, what happens when you don't? Exactly. That's it. Yeah, you said before, you know, it doesn't impact on the way you parent. But I think if you are not acknowledging your wholeness, a part of you that is needing attention, is desiring something, then it does flow into all areas of your life, doesn't it? If you're, if you're really, um, whether it's out of shame or guilt or whatever it is, 
that you're feeling around this, it does permeate into other areas of your life. Yes. When you say it like that, absolutely. Of course. Yeah. It's like you're parenting with only a part of you. And, yes. and you have to think though of, you know, what impressions then you are making on your child and what conditions you are now setting them up to determine on what's right or wrong. Because, I mean, yes, they watch you, um, but they sense a lot more than, than we would like them to probably oh, yes. be able to sense. <laughs> you know, I think they're the lie detectors. Um, you know, mum says this, but I'm, you know, sensing this. And again, to me, I think this really comes back to freedom of yourself always. It's a lot more potent to be living from that place. And so in this upcoming series of your podcast that you're going to do, you're going to be interviewing um, different experts and women's experiences around this. And so I'll just share with you what I have seen over and over and over again with the women that I've been speaking to over the years is that obviously when we have a baby, it is absolutely natural and right for us to give our bodies to this baby. This is, you know, hormonally, physically, on every level, our body is suddenly theirs, this new baby. And that lasts for about, you know, in terms of what actually happens within our body, for about six months, our brain is completely um, taken over by those hormones. But then once we move past that very, very early newborn stage, we're meant to start filling ourselves back up again as a whole woman. We're meant to bring some more balance back in. But what I see over and over again, and I say this because I did it too, is that you don't actively move back from that role past that early stage you still feel very attached as your whole body and whole self to these young children. And then before you know it, they're starting school and it's kind of years have gone by and you've forgotten what it feels like to be that passionate whole woman. I've seen this in hundreds. I mean, you know, it's it would be millions of women around the world have been through this. And it's almost the the natural part of what we have to do at the beginning we really need to get clear that it's not meant to go further than that we're meant to start acknowledging our whole selves again past that don't you think absolutely yes 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 yeah and you know for some women I understand the journey is different it really does depend on you know what's happening with your child some some of those early phases are quite easy and smooth for some parents and for others, you know, they are quite challenging. So I do want to honour that. I always like to say, you know what, for the first two years, just like mm. have really low low expectations of what mm. you think you can maybe, um, you know, create or achieve in the world because I also see the pressure that women put on themselves to get back to who they were before baby is also what creates a lot of challenges for them. It's like they're denying um, what is here right now. They're simply denying what is. They're resisting their own reality and that creates a lot of internal conflict. So, yes, I hear, you know, what you're saying in terms of it, it is meant to be a short phase. And I think when we're, you know, if you can set that sort of that timeline for yourself, then that's going to, you know, create a bit of ease for you. 
and and knowing and I even like six months yes um but I think there's just that important there's just important basics that help you stay sane in terms of can you get some sleep yes can at least function right Mm. um can you get just a little bit of like I mean there's basic things I believe we can be doing really early on and we don't have to wait for maybe some of these markers that we place on ourselves yes that's right and it is about perhaps changing your perception of what love sex and desire looks like now that you said we don't go back to who we were it's not going to necessarily be swinging from the chandeliers like it was beforehand but I love how you described it before about being willing to explore this. So talk to me and all of us about how we can do this. What if a mama listening is really in that place of I've just totally disconnected from this part of myself. I run a program and in it we talk about the Aphrodite energy, which is that real passion and sensuality sensuality energy and it's always the one that the mamas put their hands up you know the most and say this is the part that's most out of balance in my life so if you're there and you feel a real disconnection from that love sex and desire part of yourself how do we start this yes and I just want to highlight I love that you keep using the word balance because again that's what's come through on my end of women feeling like uh, this is this is how they want to or need to seek balance, and it is this part of themselves that is either missing or really deficient. The word I like to use: she's fucking starving. That's the <laughs> truth of it. Even, even I have found, even if she may be having sex, and I actually call her your erotic woman, and I've come to that because she's this. It's an essence or an energy within you that is really all about your aliveness. And there are certain qualities that she really thrives on. It'll be personal for everyone, but play is definitely one of them. Um, She's incredibly curious and she also thrives on um, definitely not consistency or even certainty She's a little bit uh, risky in that sense. And that is really what fuels some of that aliveness. So for me, as much as I want to say, you know, part of the process does definitely involve anything that has you just get back in touch with you and fall back in love with your body uh, or even just, you know, come to embrace your body. There's also a part of you that has to get in touch with this particular essence, this particular energy. I love to do it just through, you know, it's like a, a guided meditation can take you there. Um, I find she comes most alive through dance, hence why I love, you know, my sacred dance practice. But she is separate from how you engage even with your own mother. She is for you. And there's something about the way that she loves to be fed that literally provides the fuel for everything else in your life to the point where for me personally, and I recommend this for other women, she has to become, um, she has to take center stage. She, you have, it's like a literal reorientation of your whole life where once maybe the children 
were first. Now she's at the centre. And she informs maybe how you work, how you relate, how you parent, how you create, how you lead, (laughs) you name it. Without her, though, you are going to feel the death. You're going to feel the fatigue. You are going to feel the stagnation, particularly in your own creativity, the, you know, being lethargic in your own body. So I would recommend the first thing you need to do is get in touch with your erotic woman. Who is she? And what happens if she was to take a lead in your life? Can you give us some examples? I love absolutely everything you've just said, by the way, and can feel her energy as you speak. But for someone who is struggling a little bit, can you share what your erotic energy, what that energy or honouring looks like within your life or what you see some of your clients do to start to honour and and really feel and see her and let her rise up? Yeah, for sure. For me, the gateway is always dance and it always has been. In fact, when um, this even goes sort of before sacred dance, how it came to be was I was actually just in my living room working one night and this music came on and it literally did something different in my body. It almost, I mean, it caught my attention for starters. It interrupted whatever the hell I was writing at the time. And it was as if I was teleported somewhere else and this somewhere else was simply just the nightclub and grinding my bodies with the loud music and having fun. And at that stage of my life, It'd been all about parenting. I'd gone down this, you know, the yoga and meditation path. It was, you know, the healthy path. It was sort of cleaning up my life, doing lots of energy work. It was all very white, light and pure. But there was a part of me aching clearly for um, to not take things so seriously and have mm. a bit of fun. And so it took me back to a moment in my life that obviously created those experiences and it was like a remembering of coming oh I just I remember this feeling has it been that long and I would simply just dance with her every night and just commune with her and be like okay I'm ready to get to know you again last time you got me in a lot of trouble Mm -hmm. um but that was just because I was afraid of her and I didn't know how to integrate her because let's be honest, there are some qualities of her that some would quote a dark. For example, my erotic woman loves being naughty. My erotic woman loves seducing. And, you know, these are certain qualities that particularly maybe when we get married and become a mum, like, aren't we meant to grow out of that phase? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Wasn't that, you know, part of maybe the maiden years? or our single years, but now how do I do this as a grown-ass woman? (laughs) Which, if you ask me, that's where it's most potent. And so I've had to be able to, you know, get curious of going, well, these are the qualities of her and how can I play with them in a way that I feel that I'm still in integrity and honouring, you know, whatever may be existing relationships I might be doing. And so it is, it's a simple one. It came from movement, particularly dance. And I think that's 
going to be true for most women. Yes. Um, and then taking your inquiry into that essence, whether that just looks like, um, you know, journaling with her, um, asking her questions. And then comes the phase of listening, trusting and acting. I know it sounds really simple <laughs> and it might even feel a little bit vague, but we're talking about, you know, we say we have a relationship with our, our soul and that's part of that process. You know, commune with your soul. You could liken your erotic woman to be an aspect of your soul. But what I love the most about what you've said is the lightness and joy and fun that this brings. Because I've been on the same path as you have where, you know, you dive so far into the world of meditation and yoga and white light and, and energy and it's all quite serious and anything that deviates from that feels wrong or um, like you're not on the right path. But there has to be if we are to be whole women as we raise our children and as we live our lives, there has to be that free, spontaneous, fun part of us as well. And that's what this brings back. Yes. Yeah. How can we cut that part off from ourselves? Exactly. And we're not meant to. Just because we're mothers, just because we've got little children doesn't mean that we close the door on so much of that part of ourselves. Mm. Oh, thank well, you. Well, we, we pay the price when we do. That's it. We do. Yeah. We do. And, and so for, I think for mums listening, you know, that's the choice you get to make is, is this how it's going to be or are you willing to lean into a new possibility by reclaiming this part of yourself? And it's interesting. I do want to add this because I can kind of feel this is potentially like on the tip of the tongue for many. For the women that I work with, one of the biggest fears that comes through is like, if I reclaim this part of myself and I know it's quite powerful, I am literally putting my marriage and maybe everything else I've worked for at jeopardy. I'm not sure it's going to survive me in my fullness. Mm. And most of the time, that is absolutely not true and the women will go through an experience where they then have that realisation of like, oh, actually, <laughs> by me embodying this, my relationship got so much richer. Yes. And, and in some cases it might also be true that the, the relationship or whatever career you've been pursuing comes to an end and you step into the next phase. But I'm yet to meet someone who's done that and looks back and goes, that was not worth it. <laughs> That's right. Gee, I wish I hadn't awakened. I wish I hadn't got in touch with myself. <laughs> I wish I had never done that. And, you know, the path might not always be, you know, easy. But I think, you know, if you're being paralysed by some of that fear, that's a sure sign that you're being called to lean in just with some curiosity and see what happens. Hmm. So profound, so important and something we don't speak about very much as mothers and if we are, as you say, going to live this whole life, we have to start acknowledging the part of ourselves that needs 
love, sex and desire. It's just so powerful. I'm so grateful. Oh, thanks, Amy. Really appreciate it. Oh, mamas, this has to be one of my favourite conversations. I think I say that a lot, but I really feel that. I would love us as a group, as a collective, to reclaim this part of ourselves again, to know that we are allowed to be a devoted and beautiful mama and a sexual and desirous woman. We're allowed to have both. In fact, we must have it. We must embody what we need to feel desired and sensual and whole again. If you'd like to listen to Susanna's amazing new podcast series, just go to susannafrioni.com. She has workshops and coaching and, of course, her podcast. If this is an area of your life that you want more support, step into it and bravely know that this is your right to feel like this too. Until next week, Satnam. Serves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.